Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Today, uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited because Pastor Kerry Willis, uh, uh, he's going to go ahead and start coming. I had to all but drag him out of the chair first service, but now Pastor Kerry's coming. Uh, Pastor Kerry is a great friend and mentor, and that doesn't begin to scratch the surface today of what he has meant uh, in my life uh, as a friend and a leader. It would be hard for me to overstate today the impact that he has had in my life and therefore ministry in our life together. So, brother, I'm excited. I know our people are excited. There was a traffic jam on 33. I, you caused that, I think, but it's, it's Jesus. It's good. So, no. Um, and in Pastor Kerry fashion, he came bearing gifts, and I just, you know, that, that says a lot about who he is. So, uh, East Rock family, Church of the Nazarene family, I'm excited uh, today for what God's put on Pastor Kerry's heart, and we get to experience together. So, can I pray for you? Would that be okay? I'm counting on it. All right. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, uh, we thank you for this Christmas season, Lord God, that we get to celebrate Emmanuel. We get to celebrate you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, Christmas is an invitation. It's an invitation to know you more, to not only experience Emmanuel, God, with us, but to experience you within us, Lord Jesus. And so today, as Pastor Kerry speaks, anoint him to proclaim the truth you have put on his heart. Give us open eyes and ears and hearts to hear and to encounter you, Lord Jesus. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. He said, I came bearing gifts. Well... You know, Jerry was just a little boy when I met him. And uh, sometimes when I'm there in Cape May, New Jersey, and it's winter time, I wonder if his head is warm, you know? So I brought him a new toboggan uh, to wear, and we gave his wife uh, a little piece of beautiful jewelry because she's beautiful. And Eliza got a coloring book. Uh, it's an original, the Blue Goose Christmas Story. So we want to see that colored. And if you could just take a snapshot of one of the photographs, you know, photograph the page and send me a picture that Eliza might have colored. That would be meaningful. And I told him the reason he got the hat is every time he puts it on, he has to pray for me. It's a gift that keeps on giving. So thank you, Pastor Jarrett, for the invitation to be here uh, with these wonderful people. I probably know some of you and others I hope to get to know. Um, I want to begin with uh, a poem that became a Christmas carol. It'll be more familiar to some of you than others. But uh, when Pastor Jared contacted me, he said, you're going to be speaking on peace. And I had just written these words down. The most peaceful part of surrendering my all into the nail-scarred hands is now it's out of my trembling hands. 
and into the most trustworthy hands. I actually was thinking about peace when he called. <laughs> Praying into it, I guess you would say. And so I felt like God might be in this, you know, that he already had me on that track. But anyway, let me just give you the poem. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought as now this day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rung so long the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. For wrong shall fail and right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mm. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Have any of you seen the movie that's out now? Oh my gracious. I thought this was a Christian group. Sight and Sound has a movie in the theater. It has been extended. It's so good. I heard the bells. And you have to go see it. I don't recommend many movies. Uh, the popcorn's good too, but uh, um, whenever I order the popcorn, I say I'll have a bucket of butter, add some popcorn. But uh, how many have seen it? Anybody in this room? Okay, a few in the first half. How many say I'd like to see that? Wow, wow. Yeah. Some of you would like to see it. Who'd like to see it? Did you raise your hand? Keep. Okay, I see some people. Uh, Wanda, here's $35. Will you take her with you? Do you know her? Yeah, and I, th I think. Oh, that is your mother. Wow, my gracious. Uh, Jamie with hair. Uh, but anyway... Uh, I, I think, Wanda, uh, I think $35 with the senior discount will make it work. I'm not sure. Uh, that's what I had was the senior discount. Okay. Well, I wanted to bless somebody at Christmas. And uh, nobody's blessed like Wanda, Miss Baker. Wow, that's your mother, Jamie, sitting behind you. You better behave. Wow. Mm. In Jerusalem and Bethlehem, where I frequent often, <laughs> um, I still have a little ministry called Hearts of Flame Discipleship Journeys, and Steve Thigpen is the architect of those trips, and Lord willing, we're going twice next year, because COVID has been robbing us, and uh, we'll have trip 16, trip 17 um, next year. But um, when you're in Jerusalem particularly, you can hear it in Bethlehem or wherever you might be, but in Jerusalem it's particularly stark. All through uh, the day and night, at least certain hours of the night, I sleep pretty sound so I don't hear much um, in the night, but uh, during the day particularly, uh, there are two sounds in the holy city, you know, the religious city. Religion dissects there, it intersects there, it uh, comes together in Jerusalem. You have Judaism. You have Islam, you have Christianity, and some others are trying to get in. But um, it's, a, it's a crossroads, you know, of religion. And um, everything there, all your senses, you know, all of your senses are always taking in something 
religious or spiritual, whichever way you're thinking. Uh, one way is, is the sense of hearing. And um, I guess every so many minutes, uh, uh, the Muslims have this really loud sound goes out. I mean, you can't avoid it. It's, you just have to deal with it till it's over. And they call it the call to prayer. And uh, it's so despairing. <laughs> it, it sounds so depressing. Um, it just really it causes my soul to feel heavy and 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 just dark. Um, uh, but then there's a contrast once you get past that. Every hour on the hour and a half hour, <laughs> the Christian tower bells begin to ring. <laughs> wow, you talk about a contrast. I mean, and they bring to me peace and joy and hope. And I mean, they ring them loud and hard in Jerusalem. Um, and it, it just kind of speaks into a symbolism, you know, those two thought processes, uh, Islam, Christianity. Um, and so when we talk about the bells, the bells have been called, you know, the voice of the church building. Now we are the church, you know. But I, I kind of miss bells, you know. I, <laughs> I was on a campaign to try to get some... Uh, but I, I never did get them um, at the church I pastored. But uh, um, I think I would have enjoyed ringing it. I think I would have had a lot of fun with that. I mean, I could have been like the hunchback in Notre Dame or somebody and rung the bell. Uh, some of you, I'm dating you, you know where we're at. But uh, today, um, I want you to hear that last stanza that Longfellow put at the end of each uh, paragraph of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Here's the good news today. If you do not have peace, there is peace. <laughs> I want to read to you um, from Luke chapter 2. And uh, maybe I'm going to read a, a translation that maybe many of you haven't heard, and that's good. Because we get to hear the Bible as if we never heard it. That's what I love about translations. I have my favorites. I have the ones I depend on. But I like to read uh, uh, different ways of coming at uh, stories, particularly that I'm way too familiar with. And I missed stuff because I'm, I'm so familiar with it. Like I, I drove to Elkland this morning from the north part of Harrisonburg through Kieseltown. I don't remember thinking about where I was turning. It's so familiar. And I don't want my relationship with the Lord to be like that. It's so familiar that I pay no attention to it. And so I want to qualify why I'm reading from the Passion Translation, it's called. I want to read Luke 2, verse 1 through 14. That night in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field and blazing the glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone, everywhere. <laughs> wow. Well, what do you think that means? I think it means it's for everyone, everywhere. That's kind of what I think it means. This good news is for everyone, uh, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah, 
You will recognize him by his miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace. What did I say just a little while ago? If you don't have peace, I have good news for you. There is peace. (laughs) For there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Wow. For everyone, everywhere, there is peace. Now, angels, you know, I like angels. Uh, I really do. I think they, they represent good in our world. And in the universe and wherever else they show up. Uh, but some people, um, they tend to worship angels almost. They, they put angels almost right there with Jesus. And I need to fix that. <laughs> if a few of you or just one of you have been doing that. Uh, angels would want you to know. <laughs> okay, Angels are the messengers of peace. But Jesus is the Messiah of peace. Well, what do you mean? Well, let me illustrate it to you. Uh, this is a, a photograph I actually took. It, it looks like a you know etching, but it's a photograph. Uh, no filter added. This is a photograph. I took this in the Mykonos, Mykonos Island in Greece on one of our discipleship journeys. Let me tell you, I would not have had this image unless someone had helped me get it. We were staying on the shoreline at Mykonos Island, the sun was setting in front of me, one of the most glorious sunsets I've seen to this day. And I was taking a lot of photographs. And there was a teenager or two or three on the trip with us that year. And uh, one was standing behind me while I was taking all these pictures. But she had her back to me, which was kind of weird because this beautiful sunset and you're looking over toward a cement building. <laughs> and she tapped me on the shoulder. She said, Pastor Carey, I think there's a good picture right here. And I turned around from all that majesty, and in the cement wall, some wannabe artist had a, with a pocket knife or something, had sketched one of the most beautiful angel images I've ever seen in my life. And I, I wasted one picture on it, and it became one of my favorites. This week, I went into my garage, <laughs> where I have many boxes of things, And I went through old photographs that I've not yet framed. I'm saving them for old age when I really need the money. Um, And I said, I'm going to frame at least one picture today. And I went to Michael's and got me a frame, and I framed this angel. Now, I've hung that in a very familiar place where I frequent. And I took it off the wall, actually, (laughs) to bring it here. The reason I hung it was because I want to look at that angel, not just during this season, but during every season of my life, and I want to remember there is peace. I think we're going to need it. I think we're going to need it. Actually, I think we need it now. Now, uh, this morning I awoke. Now, uh, a great message is not prepared. It's premeditated. What I mean is you keep meditating on it until you come up front. Because the Lord might want to say something you haven't written down. <laughs> and at least he does that to me. 
Uh, usually I'm in the shower. I have no notepad or no ink pen. I have to remember it. That's a hard thing at my age until I get out. Or sometimes I'm driving down the interstate and I'm writing on the steering wheel with sticky notes, you know, because he's still, I'm premeditating still what I'm supposed to speak. This morning I woke up with the word Messiah on my mind. I couldn't get it off of my mind. <laughs> and that's more than a great Christmas musical. Handles Messiah. And I felt like that when I was getting ready this morning, which takes more time these days, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, what's your definition of Messiah? Give it to me. In one word, give it to me. I'm like, what is this, a quiz, a pop quiz on Sunday morning? He can do that. He's Lord. And so I chose a word. I've never preached a whole message on Messiah that I know of. I should, maybe. But uh, I just chose a word, and the word was deliverer. That was the word. And then I said, I'm going to go Google that and get some synonyms of that idea. And so uh, I went to my notes, and I, they're on the last page, I think. I had to write these down because you need this. Uh, Princeton's WordNet, must be pretty sophisticated, uh, gives three definitions for Messiah. Messiah, Christ, expected deliverer. The Nazarene. Second definition, Messiah, Jesus Christ, the promise deliverer. Definition three, Messiah, the awaited king of the Jews, the promise and expected deliverer. Oh, I think I got a hundred on this pop quiz. And then as I was thinking about it, that's when I had this angel idea. Angels are the messengers of peace, but Jesus is the Messiah, the deliverer of peace. He not only delivers us from our sins and our sin, he puts in his place himself, which is peace. So if you are looking for peace in a circumstance or in a geographic location, or in your health, or wherever, give it up. Because peace is not a circumstance. It is not a geographical place. It is not a health report. Peace is the Messiah. And he was delivered to the world in Bethlehem. And think about this picture. I'm not done. So... so, I'm looking at all the glory and all the majesty. That's what the shepherds were doing. I mean, they're looking at the sky. Angels are singing. I mean, it says heaven's army. And all of a sudden, they turned their back on all that because the messengers were not enough. They had to go find the Messiah. And so they turned their back on all that majesty and they went and looked for the ordinary. (laughs) That's where he was born. He was just in an ordinary, you could say subordinary place because he came to where we were, you see. I love the fact that God does not meet us where we pretend to be. He meets us where we are. And Mary and Joseph were in a cave with the stench of animals and that's where the deliverer was delivered Pearl, that gives me hope. I think he can reach me where I am. 
I think he can come. He laid aside the majesty. He laid aside all that angel stuff. And he came to be our peace. Is he your peace today? Uh, in a little bit, we're going to have a communion. It's an invitation. It's not a ritual. It can be. It becomes that often. But when you come to the table, <laughs> you are coming to a person, not to a place. When you take the cup and the wafer, oyster crackers for us, when you take the cup and the wafer, you are coming to the Prince of Peace. You are coming to say to him and to echo back to him, there is peace and you are it. <laughs> and listen, he gives peace in any circumstance, all circumstances. He's not limited. If he can bring peace and bring himself uh, to a cave with farm animals in it, mice scurrying here and there, stench, he can bring it into your life and to mine. And by it, I mean he can bring himself. But you have to invite him in. You have to ask him in. Mm. Let's pray right here. Jesus, you are the source of all peace. You are the prince of peace, the peace speaker. So please cause your peace to increase in our lives this day during this sacred season of Advent. And even beyond. But in this moment today, I pray that someone will know in you they'll find their peace. And the people said, Amen. I was reading the Psalms recently. Usually I pray the Psalms, to be honest. I was reading praying the Psalms. And uh, this one really spoke to my heart. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Oh, that's a promise. I got out of the car today. I knew it was going to be a good day because the first person I saw was Karen Good. Good, good day. Karen Good. Knew it was going to be a good day. But she's like, Pastor Carrie, how are you? You know how she is. She's good for what ails you. Karen Good. And I said, I'm standing on the premises and I'm standing on the promises. <laughs> and this is the one I was probably thinking about. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Now, the only thing we have to decide is are we going to be His people? We're not going to be His people unless we turn from sin and turn to Him. I'm sorry. No sin will enter heaven. And He's the deliverer. He doesn't only forgive sin. He delivers us from sin. This is why He came. This is Christmas. <laughs> this is good news of Christmas. I was on the phone with my mentor recently, James Spruill, 83 years young. I just booked him two revivals in Philadelphia on the district. He wanted to drive his RV through Philadelphia. I want to be like him when I grow up. Well, let's see how the trip goes first. But, you know, uh, but I was talking to him on the phone. I said, James, tell me something about peace. He said, well, you're talking about it all the time. <laughs> I said, what is that? He said, every time, you know, I hear you're saying presence matters most, presence matters most. He said, Carrie, peace comes from living in the awareness that Jesus is here. He is present. Wow. Can it get any simpler? Can it get any more profound than that? The presence of God's peace does not mean the absence of our questions. We still have questions. 
But it's like that little sign I saw in my office this morning. Jesus is the answer. What was your question? We have questions, but we know Jesus is the answer. Andre Crouch sang the song, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Do we believe that today? Our world's a mess. But it's really his world. <laughs> Do we still believe this is my father's world? <laughs> it's been hijacked, you know, by the enemy. But I've read the Bible. His days are numbered. <laughs> wow. I still believe that Jesus is the answer for the world today. That's how I have peace. Because he is the answer and he is the peace. I was talking to my brother this week, Stephen, the youngest one. I won't give him credit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was talking to Stephen, and I was talking about that. We got a lot of warfare going on in our district, a lot of spiritual warfare, and we expect it. Uh, Christians really surprise me that they get surprised when warfare shows up. I used to baptize people. I do occasionally, but not as much. I'm not against it. I'm just, you know, I'm not there. And so uh, I would baptize people. Some of you have heard this. When you're baptized, you declare war on hell itself. You go in public. Go in public. So we've had some warfare. <laughs> I got three pastors right now at least that are in, they're in, they're in smoke, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm helping them. We're walking together and trying to keep them focused. And uh, it's a beautiful, heavy time. You know, God's going to use it. God's going to use it. But I was telling my brother at Lynchburg about it, and he, he made a great statement. He said, well, just remember, bub, that's my sacred name, uh, just remember, bub, well, Jesus was in the storm, but the storm was not in Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to preach that as if it were my own. That's the last time he's getting credit. Oh, man, wow. And because Jesus is in us, we can be in the storm, but the storm's not in us because Jesus is. Have you experienced that? Well, it's Christmas. You can receive the gift. <laughs> the gift of his presence. Mm. After all, Jesus said, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a promise of peace that will not end until everything ends. And then they were just with Jesus. Mm. But I think our trouble today, even as Christians, church people, we focus on the trouble and the turmoil in the world more than we do on the Prince of Peace. And that robs our peace. You know, sometimes you've got to turn television off. I mean the news, whether you're on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, what are the rest? I don't even know. I'm a gypsy for Jesus. I cut all my network television off. Uh, I don't have time to watch the news. But I, I went to a house or something one time. I can't remember exactly, but I know the story. Uh, the television was turned around backwards in a corner. Well, that's weird. I mean, we've had weird people in the church. That's where they gather. And uh, I, I said, what's with... The I said, what's with the television in the corner? And the words they said back to me were something like this. We have put the TV in the corner. The TV's in timeout until it can say something good. <laughs> oh, that'll preach. That'll work, too. Can't focus on the trouble and the turmoil all the time. Expect to have peace. Just can't. Another thing that James Sproul said to me, he said, Carrie, we have to contend for peace. I said, what do you mean contend? He said, it's not automatic. We have to fuel peace with truth. <laughs> wow. It's like we have to preach to peace to keep the peace, sort of, kind of. 
but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's simplistic. We have to fuel peace with Jesus. <laughs> because he is peace. He's peace. It's nowhere else. Here's something beautiful. The God who speaks peace makes peace. <laughs> he is our peace. He is our shalom. If I take you sometime, uh, you, you go with me to Jerusalem or Bethlehem or if you have been, uh, you can buy you a plaque. It's a real nice uh, Middle Eastern you know, uh, souvenir. And it says, Shalom, y'all. That's because they knew tourists were coming from south, in the southern part of the USA and they want to make some money. Shalom, y'all. Wow. And that's exactly what peace is. Shalom for us all. Shalom is about the peace of God and peace with God. <laughs> Shalom is real rest, it's contentment, it's right relationship with the Prince of Peace himself. Shalom is to live in the blessing of God. Shalom is God singing over us. Shalom is the guarantee that God is at work in all of our circumstances. All of our circumstances. Do you believe that God is at work in that crazy circumstance you're in? Well, you sing about it probably. At least most of the churches I go to sing this song. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Boy, if we could just live up to the lyrics that we sing. He's at work in circumstances. If you are his people. If you belong to him. Well, what do you mean? Well, my dad was in the circumstance of cancer. 2014. But the words that came out of his mouth... He said things like, Jesus is not a disappointment. Cancer was disappointing. But in cancer, Jesus was present and Jesus was not a disappointment. My dad said, no sad stories here. Well, cancer is sad. But because Jesus was in it, dad wanted us to know, no sad stories here. My peace is here. <laughs> wow. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Shalom is in its very substance the presence of God present with us. And that's what happened in Bethlehem. After 400 silent years, God spoke. Shalom is peace not of this world, yet for this world. You know, Micah prophesied in Micah 5, verse 5. He himself will be our peace. Oh. I remember Pastor Roger Dub preached a message years ago on peace. He said, God won't give you the peace you want, but he'll give you the peace you need. Oh, wow. Never forgot it. Hope I never do. So Christ's coming was the ushering in of a new era. To give us peace with God through the Son. So the Bethlehem birth is God's peace offering. Because we needed to make peace with God. And we had no way to do it. The Billy Graham track says that. I've read it. <laughs> we had no way to make peace with God. But he made a way. It happened at Bethlehem. It was his peace offering to you and to me. God sent His Son to be born in Bethlehem to make peace with the world 
Yeah, that's the world. Yep. And I'm so glad Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie wrote a song. I like to take secular stuff and clean it in the name of Jesus. I mean, I used to sing, eight days a week, I love you. That's the Beatles, in case some of you don't know. But uh, Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, they collaborated on a song. Now, now let me, it'll make more sense. Let me reread to you what I was just saying. God sent his son to be born in Bethlehem to make peace with the world. We are the world. We are the children. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I didn't come to church for a concert. Well, this is a freebie. Get over it. I want you to know that when you read world, for God so loved the world, we are the world, we are the children. Do you believe that? Do you want to believe that? It's a relationship. Look, if you're looking for religion, you've come to the wrong place. Religion is climbing the ladder of our own self-righteousness, thinking we'll meet God at the top. Relationship is Christmas. God coming down the ladder. And meeting us at the bottom rung. Oh man, this is good news. This is good news. There's not a service after this one, is there? You should have come to the first one. I had a limit. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you all everything I got. I might not even get invited back. You. You know what I've come to realize? Christmas is forgiveness. That's. That's what it is. <laughs> Christmas is forgiveness. If we will receive the gift of forgiveness, and if we will agree to extend that gift of forgiveness to others, we'll have Christmas. Oh, but Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, and I'm sorry. You also don't know what they did to me. But after what I did to him, I nailed him to the cross. My sins put him there. And if he can forgive me, he can give me enough forgiveness to forgive those who have hurt me. You can't do that on your own. Don't try this by yourself. But you know it's been said that when you won't forgive, you make yourself the prisoner. And he's come to give you peace from that prison. Only he can do it, but he can do it. <laughs> wow. Will you be forgiven by me, he asked. That's what Bethlehem asked. God is asking, will you be forgiven by me? Will you forgive yourself <laughs> and forgive others? To make peace is to forgive. I saw an excerpt from Johnny Cash recently. Oh, it was beautiful. I never heard him say this. He was an interview. And the interviewer said something like, you know, Johnny, you've done a lot of wild, dark stuff in your life, haven't you? He said, yeah. But I figured if God's going to forgive me, I ought to kind of forgive myself. Johnny Cash. Wow. What a beautiful idea. That's Christmas. Christmas actually is John 3.16 and John 3.17 illustrated. Father gave his only son. That's a gift. That's Christmas. He gave his only son. But verse 17 says, He gave his son not to condemn the world. We are the world. Not to condemn us, but 
to save us, which is the same as to forgive us. Wow. That's why he gave his son. I, I love the singing group. They're from the islands. I'm from the islands. Um, they're called Boney M. B-O-N-E-Y M is in music. You're going to Google them when you get home because you've you got to hear Mary's boy child. That, you, you've never heard a Christmas song until you hear Mary's boy child by Boney M. I just pulled two lines out of it because you need to hear it. Uh, I'm not going to sing it like they sing it. I want you to be surprised. Oh, my Lord, you sent your son to save us. Oh, my Lord, your very self you gave us. You talk about thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Oh, man. I know how unworthy I am. Oh, man. Well, what are you saying? Well, the Lord gave me some more stuff this morning when I woke up. I'm sure it was for you all, not just for me. Here's what I wrote. Apart from an assurance that God has forgiven us through the indescribable gift of his son, and without our willingness to forgive others, real peace will never really be ours. Christmas is forgiveness. That's why it's so hard for some people. And that pains me. I know that every relationship will not be righted because of Christmas. But uh, there might be some that can be righted. If we will be willing to forgive as we've been forgiven. Well, Pastor Ken, you dumb that down. I was hoping you'd ask that. Yes. I also wrote this. Pardon for us demands pardon from us. <laughs> well, where's that in the Bible? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It's there. It's in the prayer that Jesus taught his devoted disciples. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Forgive us our wrongs as we forgive those who have wronged us. You know, sometimes people don't even want your forgiveness, but you can still forgive them from your end. The best definition of forgiveness I got from a, a worshiper at the Harrisonburg Church. I had only been pastor a year. And there were two men in the church that had a real, real Hard thing come between them. Hard thing. And I got called in the middle of it. And I went to the one who, who had hurt the other friend. Uh, and I, I said, I'll speak on your behalf if you'll tell me what you want me to say to this friend that you have devastated. And with tears in his eyes, he said, Pastor, please ask him if he will forgive me. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, I have an idea what I mean by that. Forgiveness means you give up your right to hurt me for hurting you. I wasn't sure how it would go, Jamie. <laughs> but I went to the other side because they weren't speaking. And I was their pastor. And when I said that to this man who had been devastated, he started weeping like a baby. And he said, tell him I forgive him. And he said, more than that, tell him not to avoid me at church. Both of those men stayed in the church 
and became two of the greatest leaders that I ever had alongside me. Forgiveness. <laughs> well, uh, I was preaching in 2016. It was Advent season, and I shared a, what's it called? Acrostic, yeah. I don't use those often, so I don't know what they're called. But I'm, I'm not against acrostics. I, I just don't use them often. But that morning, I did use one. I was preaching on peace. And the Lord had given me an acrostic. I don't know if he gave it to me or I saw it somewhere. I, I, I don't know. But it moved me. And it's peace. Now, an acrostic, in case you're like me and don't know what that is, is you line the letters up, you know, vertically. So it's P-E-A-C-E. And the acrostic was peace is pardon extended at Christ's expense. <laughs> now, when you preach sometimes, you're wondering if anybody remembers what you preached before they leave the parking lot. But that night we had Advent conspiracy, and that is when you come in and you make handmade gifts, you make a donation, and we give it to a charity. And I came to eat the soup, to be honest. They had soup, uh, like eight different kinds. Oh, But I was getting ready to leave, and a teenager of all people, I love teenagers, but sometimes they got a lot going on, and you know they might not hear what you're saying. But a teenager came to me. She had gone to the paint section of the Advent Conspiracy Night, the canvas painting area, and she had made a gift for me. <laughs> wow. She remembered it from Sunday morning to Sunday night, <laughs> which is a miracle. Pardon extended at Christ's expense. Laura Cheryl. I went on to marry Laura. I mean, I didn't marry her. <laughs> I officiated. Laura had a little baby a while back. One day, Laura called me. Oh, about a year ago, she was having some questions about church, and we had a wonderful conversation. But uh, that's still in my home. Peace extended at Christ's expense. Have you made your peace with God? Well, he's made a way. <laughs> and Jesus is the way. Mm. I'll ask the uh, worship team to come. They actually learned a new song just for me. These days, this is my favorite Christmas song. But I play it every season. It's by Michael W. Smith and Michael McDonald. I kind of like the Doobie Brothers. And uh, John sang it so beautifully, first service. It's going to be the communion song in just a minute. But before we have that, it's coming. It's coming, Pastor Jared. Um, I have this framed uh, in my office. Actually, I have it framed in a couple of places. Um, it's a verse of scripture from the Living Bible. Now, that's out of print. You can't find it anymore. Thrift store. I got two copies because I want to make sure I don't lose this verse. I'm serious. That's, I went and bought an extra copy at Gift and Thrift. The Living Bible. It's 2 Corinthians 5.21. And to me, it's the perfect Christmas verse. It's about a gift exchange. Any of you all want to exchange anything heavy for something holy today? <laughs> wow, it's your lucky day. It's Christmas. And when you come to this table in a little bit, you can make an exchange. <laughs> wow. And because Scripture says so. 
For God took the sinless Christ. For Father God took the sinless Messiah and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, (laughs) I love a good gift exchange. This is the best. Then in exchange, Jesus poured God's goodness into us. You know, that goodness includes peace. (laughs) Because every good and perfect gift is from above. And peace is good. Good. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into Him our sins. Then in exchange, He poured God's goodness into us. Just one more thing on the angel. (laughs) This summer in Cape May, I was walking through a, what do you call that? Bazaar or something? Like Dayton Days in Cape May. Uh, I don't really know. People selling a lot of stuff I don't need. A lot of stuff I want but don't need, like those two cinnamon rolls I ate just a little while ago. But I came across this antique displayer, and he really didn't have much for sale. He just was showing his stuff off. You know, He was so proud of his antiques. And he had a lot of tools, old toolboxes, loaded with old rusty tools. And people were just looking at them, asking him, what does that used for? <laughs> and I know I'm old because I knew most all of them. Um, but I looked in the corner of one of the toolboxes, and I saw something I had to have. When I saw it, there was a, it kind of pointed me to peace. And it was these two old, old, old hand-carved angels. Now, some of you know I love wood carving. Mostly waterfowl and olive wood nativity sets from the Holy Land. But when I saw those angels, I was going to do everything I could to own them because they pointed me to peace. They just, I can't, they were not peace, but they reminded me that there is peace. So I looked at the old guy I figure he'll never let these go. I don't even know if he knows he has them. So I called him over. I says, any of your stuff for sale? No, nah, not really. A few things out there if you want it. I said, okay. I found two little things over here. I pulled these angels out. He looked like he didn't know he had them, which I liked. It means he wasn't as attached to them as he might have should been. And I said, are these little angels for sale? He said, well, not really. I said, what does that mean? You don't sound very certain. And then he said those famous words, make me an offer. <laughs> Everything's for sale. I mean, materially. I said, well, I wouldn't know where to begin. He said, well, try. So let's just say I made him an offer. Well, there they are. But I want to tell you, you know why they only point me to peace and they are not peace? You can't buy peace. (laughs) Quit trying. (laughs) You can't buy peace. Lord Jesus, today, you've already paid in full for peace. Peace has a name. Peace is named Jesus. And we 
have access to that peace. Now, just in case there's one person here that still doesn't get it, I got one final conclusion. Look up. We're not praying now. I don't care what anybody thinks about me when you figure out I own this. (laughs) Is Hazel still here? Oh, my. Hazel Cook came up and met me. Uh, How old is she? Six or eight weeks old. Oh, I took a beautiful picture of her. I already sent it to her grandma. I'll send the bill later. A baby changes everything. I, you know, we had a musical called that. But it's this personal, friends. I'm sorry. If, if you still are not receiving it, this is the best I can do. Because Kim is beyond the years of childbearing. I hope. Oh, Lord, don't make me... Don't make me an example of that. Lord, I just. <laughs> but Isaiah said, listen closely. I want you to receive this personally. Because it has we're having a lot of problems with pronouns these days. I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying, receive this personally, okay? Isaiah said, For unto you. <laughs> a child is born. Unto you a son is given. He's our baby. He's not just Mary's. He's not just Joseph's. He's our baby. We needed a baby (laughs) who would become a savior. So I say to you today when you come to this table, for unto you a child is given. Unto you. A son is born. I might have got it backwards, but it means the same thing. I want to word it this way. Unto you, peace is given. (laughs) There is peace. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.